If you've ever been on a long-distance call, you know that sometimes it takes a few seconds before the person on the other line hears you. Well, this interview was recorded from a call from Liberia to Puerto Rico, so there's a little bit of static, but the message is important. So stay tuned and listen. everybody, this is Issa Cosette, and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but we're so glad you're here. And this week, we have a very special guest, our first live guest all the way from Monrovia, Liberia, Suma Masale. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to be out here. First of all, we just thank we just thank God once again for technology and social media because that has been a great device that connects not only the youth but also the diaspora. You know, because yeah, our hearts we want to be there, but you're there doing what you have to do. Tell the people a little bit about yourself. My name is Suma Suma Game Masle. A lot of people know me as Susu. And if you are a Liberian, you know what Susu means. So it's like a bonding club that people save up money. So, you know, as like a savings because most banks in Liberia are not trusted. So people would rather have like Susu clubs and stuff like that. But I, that's not what my name is. <laughs> it's just a short form of Suma and it's repeated twice. So Suma, Susu, Suma, Susu. I am from Liberia. I just moved back recently so it's been a year so i don't think it's that recent anymore because <laughs> may we make it a year um i graduated in may 2019 from san diego state university i moved to the state in 2014 i went to a community college and did peace and justice for my associates and then transferred to san diego state university in international security and cultural recognition with a little bit of women's studies so at City College, at City University College, that's when it all started for me as a feminist. So my first um, women's studies class, I got to learn that Liberians have feminists too, because when you hear about feminism, people usually tie it to be a Western idea. But then they introduced um, Lima Bowie, and then they introduced Ellie who are two strong women like U.S. history. So Ellie Johnson studied um, with our past president, who's Africa's first female president, and then Lima Boli won the Nobel Peace Prize along with Ellen Johnson studied in 2011. So they are feminists. Why are they feminists? Even though um, it is, at that point, it's just coming to the realization that African women can be feminists, and that kind of like sparked something in me. So yeah. I'm a feminist and I'm a librarian. That's dope to find those connections. So now that you have been back home for a year now, you've had your experience abroad, but you're readjusting. How has your life changed since you've been there? It's been crazy. So I love Liberia. Like everything about me is Liberia. Even my Instagram, it has Liberia in it. So I just moved to the States. I had to come back home. Because my life is here, my family is here. I was the first one for my family to go to the States and school there. Um, so it was very boring and very lonely for the most part when I was in the States. So I did not see myself as a typical American. So moving back here, I felt at peace 
I've gained over 10 pounds since I moved back because the food, um, I missed it. And I think the biggest adjustment has been my job, but I've been aiming to get this job since I was a sophomore in college. So that was when I watched the um, documentary, Pray the Devil Back to Hell, which is a storyline about the life of Lema Bowie um, and how the library really brought like was war, civil war for an end. So when I watched that documentary, I was like, I have to work for this woman. It was just what, I was what, 19, 18, and that was a goal. I would write her letters like every year, like, you know, update. I would never send them to her. It would just be my archive, updating her that I'm almost, like, like I'm a few steps away from, like, applying for the job. So my uh, senior year, I got in contact with someone who knew her. And, yeah, so I got my dream job. I was like, heck, yeah, I'm moving back home. And everything with my job is about women's empowerment, education, youth empowerment, social justice. It's just amazing. I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose. I've never been this healthy, happy, and fulfilled. So Liberia can be, uh, it has its own, you know, constraints. Like the LEC of the current my goal while we're talking, like stuff like that. But overall, I love being home. Wow, that's so beautiful that you have those connections and you were able, you know, to leave home for a little bit, but always know that you were going to go back, you know? And then even though you didn't send those letters, you were still manifesting that contact, that dream job, those connections and for it to happen. It was just like, you know, we have so much power that sometimes I don't think we realize. So I think that's very beautiful that you were able to make that connections. And you were talking about how you've been improving your job shows so many different uh, or connects with many different, I just say people throughout Liberia. Can you just mention some of the inequalities that are happening in Morovia that the outside of people outside of Liberia or inside don't really know about, aren't familiar with? So, um, I don't know if you know, but I wrote a blog called Sleepless in Morovia. So it's Liberia's first social justice blog. And it has given, over the last two years since we started the blog, it has given Liberians, especially young Liberians, the platform to talk about social justice issues and also talk about injustice because Liberia, even though it's quote unquote free land, people are still oppressed here. And, um, when people think about oppression, most people will kind of like push, uh, attribute that to poverty. But women are oppressed in Liberia. Um, SGBB is like on the high than anything I've ever seen in my life before. Can you, what was that? Sexual gender based violence. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Sexual gender based violence. So mm-hmm. that's what SGBB means. Um, most people will see SGBB, who stands for gender based violence, but sexual based violence when people rape people assault um and that's like the realities of most librarians here and I feel like that has become normalized um in the within the librarian culture and I even wrote a piece about two years ago asking does Liberia have a rape culture because um people will break and then some will frown upon it some will ask oh what what was she wearing did she entice the man and justice is like most of Africa, Africa here, people still do things within the communities. If a guy was to rip a girl, her parents and his family would rather sit at a table and talk about it instead of um, 
you know, persecuting the guy and telling him what he did was wrong. So there's this separate, um, there's this continu- continuation of rape culture in Liberia where it's just no life. So my focus has been on really how can we give young girls a platform to talk about these issues, taboo issues, because rape is a taboo issue in Liberia. Like, you don't see our parents coming to us and telling us if a guy was to, like, molest you, that's a crime. You should report it or you should come to me and tell me. But they both meet in this situation where they feel like their bodies are to be owned and caressed by men. You know, how do they mm-hmm. get that support? You know what I'm saying? So your blog, and, and once again, this youth having this understanding is ha- maybe encouraging these people. Wow, it's really hard to think about. It is. It's encouraging because I feel like we are kind of like preparing and cultivating this next generation of like real mothers and fathers. Because if you look at us right now, we are the next generation. Our kids need to come up knowing what rape is, what sexual-based violence uh, is, and what harassment is. Because I feel like growing up, we, I did not even know any of that until I went to college. And then that's when I realized that I had been molested. I had a little sister who was, like, ripped. So, like, how people, people did not front upon it a lot. We did not talk about it as a family we did not talk about it as a community. With social justice being one of the main avenues that you can bring awareness to Liberia, you know, who are your inspiration? Who other people are you looking towards to continue to bring this justice in Liberia? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I think I rely mostly on Liberians in the diaspora, people who have had that experience um, of being abroad and living uh, in international communities where the laws are respected, people do not rape and you know go start free. I rely on those people because when you have the opportunity to travel out of Liberia, you get to see a whole new world. You get to see a world where women rights are champions. You get to see a world where women are you know living their truth, being their true selves, and they are not as oppressed. We all go to work oppressed, but oppression has different levels to them. So um, I allow those people to come back to Liberia, uh, pursue positions of power where they can affect those laws and implement those laws and make sure that next gen- the next generation of Liberians know, you know, know that when someone touches your breast or if someone calls you a child in the room, they know that they're going to go to jail for it. Like, it's yeah so i just rely on people to come back home um even if you're coming back home once a year and you're doing like a program here that teaches people about corrupt kids about corruption or if you're doing already writing workshop like you people see that kind of accountability and i think that's like one thing that has really helped my campaign is the fact that people know i've been abroad and now i'm back home so i have that balance of being a librarian but also being someone who studied in a country where people look people look at as like you know one of the best countries in the world where corruption is frowned on and injustices are frowned upon. I love how you put that glue together because I used to feel so guilty <laughs> about not being able to be in Liberia. Our experiences, like you said, will encourage someone else to have a different experience or learn something else or be able to make certain connections. 
and so I don't feel as guilty anymore <laughs> because now, but also yes. I do. <laughs> But you I shouldn't do. feel like guilty at all because it's expensive to come home. Like, do you know how much it costs for a ticket? Like, that's a yeah. privilege to be able to come to Liberia once a year or twice a year. People yeah. who do that are very privileged. Yeah. And I applaud them for using their privileges in the right way. So, um, when you come back, like a lot of people, let's be frank on here, right? as a Liberian to another Liberian woman, a lot of Liberians come home during Christmas time. So, and they just come home to party. Yeah. It's not like I'm like, you know, talking bad about anyone who wants to vacation in Liberia. But at, like, last December, I said on my, on my Facebook, I was like, if you're coming to Liberia and you have a, an education from abroad, you should do something to impact your community while you're here for two weeks. Not just party, party, party party because like that doesn't end right but investment in your people that's only a short amount of time that you have to give back to your community so i applaud people who come home people who volunteer when they do come home not like i mean volunteering out here doesn't give you money but you have that experience you have the opportunity to connect with your community to get to know your people and hopefully it might change or uh, inspires people to move back home which we need because we need librarians to come home yeah, I think that is very true because last year when I went, I just didn't know where I would fit in or what I would do. I knew that I wanted to come back, not to stay because I'm not ready yet. I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say, yeah, I'm yeah. up too. I just know I yeah. want to live in Puerto Rico for now. For example, like, just, like yeah. thinking yeah. about going to the States, I don't want to move back to the States. When I went to Liberia and people were just trying to invite me to just stay a little bit longer you know i'm like i don't know but now like you said knowing that my goal is i feel that we as liberians there and uh, across the waters need healing you know so through yours is through social justice mine i feel like it's through creative writing and healing because there's so much trauma there's so much things that we have experienced you know physically and spiritually emotionally you know and you're once again talking about all of these social inequalities that are happening in your blog like that is a form of healing because you are writing about these experiences you are bringing an awareness about what's happening and then other people around the world are able to read this and try to make a difference i value that you know and and your truth and your journey not only just has been an inspiration to me but i know will continue to be an inspiration to many to appreciate where you are to appreciate the tools that you've been given the opportunities that you've been given and then continue yes. to spread that awareness and pour into others so that we can sow these seeds and us as a community wherever we are can continue to grow and then come back and grow and teach and come back and grow and teach so that we can be a bigger better stronger nation because there's so much potential in us but we just I don't feel have had the adequate resources to really yeah. watch us and nourish us to make sure we develop into the people who we're supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah, man. What are your hopes for Liberia out of Liberia? Um, I think, um, it will be the involvement of more women. Um, because when you look at social inequalities, um, you know, racial inequalities of like social inequalities specifically related to Liberia. The most people who are affected are women. That's the population of women and children. 
And I feel like nobody can champion your story other than yourself. So if you look in the um, Liberia's House of Cabinet, the representatives and senators, there were 2% of females in there. And then you expect them to pass the red law or to, you know, pass laws that will protect us and pass laws that will support our rights. Like, that's not, those men don't care about those things. Like, yeah, as much as they would want to do it, it's not ranked first on their list because it does not directly affect them. Um, and that's what a lot of librarian women need to start thinking about. And I know I talk politics a lot and people are like, I just don't have time for politics, but everything is political. Like, breaking news, everything is political because look at what's happening in the world right now. Coronavirus is affecting every one of us because of a decision, few people um, decisions. And now the whole world is like upside down. So everything is political, health, um, well-being, food, everything. Like the planet is all political. So like I just encourage um, librarian women, especially young girls, who, because if you look at our past generation, a lot of women did not have the opportunity to pursue education. So they're not as aware about the social issues as we are because we, have, have the opportunity to read, we have the internet, um, you know, to cloud disposal, like just everything to really reach at ourselves and put ourselves first and start and be able to champion our own cause because nobody else will do it for us. There's no man in the Senate right now that will put, you know, rip ball on his campaign when he's running for, like, to be a senator next year or whenever. I'm just saying that we need more female involvement in politics, more female involvement in social justice issues, because those things directly affect us, and so we can see how they do directly affect us and how they will affect generations to come. Like, the time is now. Like, even if it's in, it's one minute in your day that you take to get to social justice, to talk about inequalities and injustices, it benefits the world. Yeah. That's so true. My goodness, yes, yes, yes. So young women, women all over. I hope that these doors are continue to be open, that we can have these spaces, that we can enter these yeah. spaces, that we can create change and we can make a difference. To do something that you want to do, that you're passionate yes. about versus, you know, doing what society wants to do for you or wants forces you to do and limits it. So yeah. continue to just into others continue to encourage these women and listen to your story and you continue to use your voice and bring change because i know this is just like the beginning of your greatness you have a poem you're going to share with us today yes i have a poem that is written by me um it is published on my blog sleeplessingmorovia.com it's called free her so it's inspired by the daily realities of Liberian women, things that I have experienced myself and things that other Liberian girls have talked about when it comes to harassment in the street. So here it goes. Um, as he walks the streets of Monrovia, he frequently sees young girls trapped in poverty. He sees many promising futures going to waste. So he asked me, why do young Liberian girls lack options? Why don't they aspire to reach for the sky? Why don't they see themselves as, as part of the solution? Why are they okay with selling their body? 
Is she okay with being a second class citizen? Yes. So I tell him, wait, don't let her lack of power fool you. Don't, don't you know that she is trapped, strapped in the prison, which is the culture, the culture that badges meaning a second class citizen? Wait, don't you dare judge the boldness out of her. Don't you know that she is told to be everything for men? That she grew up in flaming realities, oppressive norms, restricting women's lives to nothing but subservience. Wait, don't you dare proceed to call her lazy. Don't you know that her childhood revolves around Papa provides and Mama cares? That she grew up to esteem men as her provider, inequality in green in household, trapping her freedom? So, free her, I tell him. But she accepts the excuse. Men are never wrong, but she believes domestic violence should be prevalent in homes. Papa abuses mama and grandma chairs. It's, it's okay to be a husband. Free her, but she is empowered to be adult in the face of injustice, inevitably equating traditions to maltreatment. Be a woman, don't retaliate when he abuses you. Free her, but she is consoled on the basis of the male cop-out, indulging the patriarchy that states infidelity movement who Men will always be men, free her, but gender biases discourage her ambitions. Social construction rules oppress her. So before you ask, why can't women aspire to be more as they destroy the culture of praising? Free her. Yes, free her. That was amazing. Thank you, first of all. You are actively being involved, and that is beautiful. You're writing, and you're really making a difference. And, and it's not something you know, that you're sowing those seeds and it's taking years for them to see, like literally in less than two weeks, you've seen just the beauty of your of your seeds that you've sown. So that's amazing. Suma, how are you on your way? Um, after coronavirus is out. <laughs> so I think I am just following um, what God has for me. I've been very intentional about listening to him asking him for guidance because the last two weeks have been overwhelming like but i in the midst of the chaos and everything that's going on i've been feeling god the most because this was something i asked i asked him for and he gave it to me in abundance so i go forward i'm just gonna listen to god go wherever he wants me to go and do whatever he wants me to do Man, amen. And may your journey be blessed. May doors be open and may you continue to live in abundance. Thank you, sis. <laughs> can you once again shout shout out your social media? Where can people connect with you and also donate with you? All my social medias are Liberian So L-I-B-E-R-I-A-N on the school, double on the school. Um S-U-S-U, which is my name. Um, yeah, so I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook with that. And the Cash App, you gotta make sure you get the Cash App. Oh, yeah, <laughs> not forgetting. So, we currently have a campaign going to feed the elderly people in the disabled communities in Liberia. So far, in two weeks, we've been able to raise 7,000. So, if you're passionate about helping people back home, um, you can let me know which community you want your funds to go to, which, um, which populations you want your funds to benefit. So if you want to donate, I do have Cash App and PayPal. So my PayPal is my email address, which is my last name, Masile, 
suma at gmail.com. And then my PayPal is my first name, suma Maslay. Maslay is M-A-S-S-A-L-E-Y. Make sure to follow her, support her, send her love, continue to uplift Liberia and the youth and what they're doing because the change is coming and we're so proud to just be able to witness this. And I can't wait the next time I come to meet you and write with you and grow with you. So I'm so excited that you are on my podcast. I'm so excited for the change that you're bringing to Liberia and staying true to the country, to staying true to yourself and to your purpose. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love this. Like, it did not feel like a podcast. Yeah, it super. feels like I've been knowing you forever. <laughs> just talk and talk. Right. That's why I love this. Thank you guys for listening. This is Issa's Way. Y'all be blessed.